Blog Talk Radio. Well, the Dusty Rhodes has been injured. Well, we want to welcome back tonight Dusty Rhodes for his first interview since his injury. Here is the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes. And Dusty, your fans welcome you back, man. First of all, I would like to thank the many, many fans throughout this country that wrote cards and letters Dusty Rhodes, the American Dream, while I was down. Secondly, I want to thank Jim Crockett Promotions for waiting and taking the time because I know how important it was. Starcade 85 it is to the wrestling fans, it is the Jim Crockett Promotions. And Dusty Rhodes, the American Dream, with that weight, got what I wanted. Ric Flair, the world's heavyweight champion. I don't have to say a lot more about the way I feel about Ric Flair. No respect, no honor. There is no honor among these in the first place. He put hard times on Dusty Rhodes and his family. You don't know what hard times are, Daddy. Hard times are when the textile workers around this country are out of work. They got four or five kids and can't pay their wages, can't buy their food. Hard times are when the auto workers are out of work and they tell them go home. And hard times are when a man has worked at a job 30 years, 30 years. They give him a watch, kick him in the butt and say, hey, a computer took your place, Daddy. That's hard times. That's hard times. And Rick Flair, you put hard times on this country by taking Dusty Rhodes out. That's hard times. And we all had hard times together. I admit I don't look like the athlete of the day supposed to look. My belly's just a little big. My hand is just a little big. But, brother, I am bad, and they know I'm bad. And there were two bad people. One was John Wayne, and he's dead, brother. And the other one's right here. Major Boy Ric Flair, the world's heavyweight title belongs to these people. I'm going to reach out right now. I want you at home to know my hand is touching your hand for this gathering of the biggest body of people in this country, in this universe, all over the world now. Reach it out because the love that was given me in this time, I will repay you now. Because I will be the next world heavyweight champion on this hard time blues. Dusty Rhodes, Tour 85, and Rick Flair, Nature Boy. Let me leave you with this. One way to hurt Rick Flair is to take what he cherishes more than anything in the world. That's the world heavyweight title. I'm going to take it. I've been there twice. This time when I take it, Daddy, I'm going to take it for you. Let's gather for it. Don't let me down now, because I came back for you, for that man up there that died 10, 12 years ago and never got the opportunity to see a real world champion. I'm proud of you. Thank God I have you. And I love you. Love you! The American Dream, Dusty Rhodes fans. And there you have it, Dusty Rhodes, Hard Times, arguably uh, the greatest promo of all time as the wrestling world uh, 
tries to uh, move forward after the untimely passing of uh, Dusty Rhodes uh, at the age of 69. Um, it's just uh, it's been tough as a wrestling fan uh, the past few days, uh, paying tribute to Dusty Rhodes. And uh, so tonight on the show, you know, this is going to be, um, you know, it's going to be up to you guys, uh, the flow of the show tonight. Uh, you know, this one's for Dusty. So we're talking Dusty. Uh, we have the good Dr. David Reese, who's going to join us a little bit later on, talking some Dusty Rhodes. Um, so call in. Uh, you know, we'll we'll talk some uh, American Dream. Uh, we're going to touch upon uh, the Money in the Bank pay-per-view. We're going to try to get you ready for Monday Night Raw. But like I said, uh, tonight's all about Dusty. So you guys call in. you got favorite Dusty moments, Dusty memories. Uh, give us a call. Bring it. And you know what? If you want to talk Money in the Bank, too, We'll talk that, too. So, uh, you know, this this show is going to be uh, basically the way you guys want it to be. Give us a call, 347-838-9815. That is the number to call. And, uh, you know, we'll just see where we're going to go with this. But uh, uh, that was, again, the famous Hard Times promo to open the show in tribute to uh, Dusty Rhodes, uh, one of, if not the greatest, talkers of all time. Uh, you can check us out on Facebook. Uh, check out our Facebook page. It's facebook.com slash the Ken Reedy Show. Uh, head on over there if you don't want to call in, but you want to, we got a show chat going there. If you want to post some of your uh, favorite Dusty moments, hell, go to YouTube, uh, find some links, post some of uh, Dusty's uh, matches and/or promos, uh, put them on the Facebook page. Let's uh, let's all share, uh, you know, our fandom of uh, Dusty Rhodes. Uh, you can tweet us at the Ken Reedy Show. Our website is thekenreedyshow.com. Uh, as we've been talking about for. Uh, Many weeks, so we've entered into this uh, cool venture called 1640 PWPR. You can subscribe for free on iTunes. And, uh, um, you know, actually, I'm going to bring Dave on. I usually do the intro like this, but I'm going to bring my tag team partner, Dave, on the line right away because I just want to, before we get into, like, the dusty stuff. Hey, Dave. What's going on? Um, I just want, you know, as I'm talking about 1640, and I I thought it was important that we both kind of say our piece a little bit, but... uh, you know, we've been doing this show for a long period of time, um, you know, and, and it's it's tough when you have to do a show like this. Um, but it's been cool that we've we've joined up with this this family, 1640, this network of uh, podcasts. And um, I got to say, you know, in doing this, uh, one of uh, the things I got to say I'm most proud of and uh, got to thank uh, – Pat, a.k.a. King Firehawk, who kind of put it all together and is really putting together this whole PWPR, um, he kind of gathered uh, different hosts from different shows across uh, the 1640 landscape, and uh, we all got together and did a, a tribute show where we uh, you know, got to talk about favorite moments in Dusty's career, favorite memories, uh, discuss with each other, and uh, you know, Pat just kind of let it go. Um, and so it wound up being a three-parter. Uh, people had so much to say about Dusty. But just to hear, like, everyone who's got, you know, obviously all, all these hosts have, uh, you know, their own take on the wrestling business, uh, their own opinions, and that's kind of what we want with the 1640 PWPR. But uh, it was really great to get all these hosts together uh, for this sort of forum. Unfortunate why we got together. Um, but I thought it was a fitting tribute to uh, the life and career of Dusty Rhodes. And, and like I said, I, it was, for me, Dave, uh, one of my proudest moments as far as doing the show. 
It, it, you're you're right. It was unfortunate in the way that we came together, but um, I would have to agree with you. It was proud. I also had fun um, because that's what the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes' character exuded was fun, and he was a very colorful, larger than life persona that gravit that you gravitated towards through your television screen. So talking all the great memories of the of the things that Dusty Rhodes contributed to the wrestling views, the wrestling business was fun for me with the, unfortunately the circumstances being that he had passed and that's the reason why we all got together it was still fun nonetheless for me to talk about the good times and the good things that Dusty Rhodes had um, brought to the professional wrestling industry so that's how I would um, you know uh, I would describe the experience with you and with Pat Ken Firehawk um, Brian Edwards uh, you know Anthony Capola. A uh, few other names I, I, I seem to be forgetting to mention, and I apologize, but it was it was a very cool experience to to, to, to talk about the great things that Dusty Rhodes did for, for us fans and for the wrestling industry as a whole. And, and and it is something that, you know, it's not an exaggeration. I mean, there's certain guys that you, you can kind of debate and go over and over, you know, does he belong in this stratosphere, does he not? You know, Dusty's one of those guys that, that it is no debate. He is an all-time great. Um, his, his legacy is, is far reaching. Um, you know, his, uh, you know, I've always, I've referred to like talkers, the grand triumvirate, and I've always considered it's, it's flair Piper and dusty, um, whichever one of those guys you want to put at the top of the list. Fine. Uh, you know, but to me, like dusty's right there, uh, if not the best talker, then, uh, pretty damn near close. Um, you know, a great worker, great performer, um, you know, and just his influence on the business was just so far-reaching, uh, whether it was his his promo style or even just, you know, I mean, one of my favorite Dusty stories is, is when uh, going way back to, with uh, Ric Flair and Flair wanting to be uh, Dusty Rhodes' brother. Uh, it was a rambling Rick Rhodes. And, uh, you know, Dusty was, you know, number one, your name is Ric Flair. So Flair is definitely a, that's a good name to have, and number two, just be yourself. Like you know, be your own man, be your own character, and uh, you know, just just uh, you know, looking at that and, and putting like you know, Ric Flair in that category of uh, one of the greatest talkers of all time, and and maybe there would never have been a Ric Flair if not for Dusty Rhodes. So um, you know, Dusty was one of those guys that uh, you know, for me, and I bet a lot of other people that grew up similarly to me. Um, you know, I, I got into Dusty later on as a wrestling fan because I was a WWF kid. And uh, my first real exposure to Dusty Rhodes was the Polka Dots and Sapphire. Um, so it was only years later where I started, you know, watching VHS and, uh, um, you know, highlights. And, and, and you know, and then later on with YouTube and, and everything that, uh, you know, I really started to become a, a huge uh, Dusty Rhodes fan. And, uh you know, again, his his influence on the business was so far-reaching, and it's just it, it's a shame. It's it's really sad when a uh, you know a legend like this uh, unfortunately passes. And um, you know, uh, I, I, there's not just not enough. The, there's not enough time. There's not enough shows. There's there's just not enough uh, accolades you can throw at Dusty Rhodes' way, Dave. No, and I, I mean. You know, and maybe we'll do a future tribute show where it's all strictly dusty, and we talk about you know Ken and I will, you know, we'll, we'll possibly talk about that later down the line. But 
as far as I go when it comes to Dusty Rhodes, and I said this the other night on the on the tribute show with uh, King Firehawk, and I'll say it to our listeners. Um, I watched uh, WrestleMania today um, during WrestleMania weekend, where they did like a live you know talk show format um, inside where they were holding fan access and Dusty was one of the guys that they talked to on the panel and they were talking about um, Randy Savage's induction speech and here's what really stung with me at that time and now considering Dusty has passed Dusty had said in, in, the, in the conversation that when you got guys imitating you or doing your catchphrase you've made it you're a star in this business and to me I can't tell you how many times I've heard or seen, and I've done it myself, somebody do a Dusty impression or his catchphrase or whatever. Dusty left a legacy that just exceeds far beyond anything I could ever imagine. You know, you talked about Dusty, Piper, and Flair. Each one of those guys, great talkers. And arguably so, you could put any one of them at the top of the list of the greatest talkers of all time, but each one was in a class of themselves. What was great about Dusty Rhodes is that he was a one-of-a-kind individual. That's the point I'm trying to make, is that he was one-of-a-kind. There will never be anybody like him. There was never anybody like him before, and there will never be anybody like him now. What drew him was the fact that he was a common man. He related to middle-class America and the working man, okay? And that's what, what, that's what gravitated his fan base was just his persona and how he related to everyday, regular people by the way he looked, by the way he talked. He was not your stereotypical professional wrestler. In my opinion, he was the first guy, the first, if you want to call it, out-of-shape professional wrestler that made other out-of-shape professional wrestlers believe that they can do it just like Dusty Rhodes because Dusty was so successful at it. And don't let his looks fool you. Dusty worked his ass off. He may not have been the greatest technical wrestler, but he was one hell of a performer for a man his size and with his look. So, to me, and then we could talk about his accomplishments outside the business, too, or, or behind the scenes, excuse me, with, with the booking and his creative ideas and the things he came up with, with the Great American Bash and the war games and, and, and everything else in between. You could talk about all that stuff. But at the end of the day, he will be remembered for being arguably one of the greatest of all time, one of the greatest talkers, one of the greatest draws. I mean... I, I can't say much more. I really can't. It, it's, a, it's a sad day. It's been a, a, a rough couple of days as a wrestling fan. The videos, they pull at your heartstrings. I mean, I almost, you know, my fiance cried watching that video last night, tribute to him. Um, you know, I, I got a little choked up watching it, too. I'm sure there are many people out there that, 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 that felt the same way last night. I, just, I don't know what to say. I mean, it's, you know, it, it, it's a very sad day, but he's definitely inspired many, many people. And like you said, Ric Flair. There wouldn't be a Ric Flair if there wasn't for Dusty Rhodes. There wouldn't be. Far none. So, that goes to show you what kind of impact Dusty Rhodes had on Ric Flair, who's arguably the greatest of all time. Yeah, just, you know, you're right. Like, I mean, just the the common man, uh, you know, his whole persona, the whole character just resonated with so many people, you know, and it just... His influence was so far-reaching. I mean, it, it's funny. Like a few years ago, we were hanging out uh, down the shore, and uh, of course, uh, producer of the show Michelle actually looks at me and says, uh, "Cut a promo on the day. Just, just say something." She wants to record something. So, I'm like, really? She's like, "Just, just say something oh, God, about plans." And and 
I started into this promo, and by the time it ended, and Michelle was like, yeah, that wasn't bad. And I was like, wow, I'm, I've am i become more influenced by Dusty than I ever thought. Like, all of a sudden, I kind of had this, like, preacher kind of vibe going, and it was like Dusty's stuff was probably just sitting there in my subconscious. And it's like, if I'm going to cut a promo, might as well cut it in that style. But it was, it was weird that I was like, yeah, I guess uh, – that would kind of be my promo style. It just it just came to me. So I mean, it was just one of those things that would with Dusty, like you said, you know, being quote out of shape. It was just everything about him just resonated with people like to their very core. You know, it was like I, I could like that's a guy that like not only do I admire him, uh, do I admire what he's doing in the ring? Am I totally into his storylines? But it's also I, I I would love to just sit and have a beer with him. And and that that feeling that there would be no pretense, there would be no uh, uh, conceit. It would it would just be like two guys hang two you know two blue collar dudes hanging out, uh, sharing a beer. And that was that was the charm of Dusty Rhodes. And it's uh, like you said. I mean, I, I got choked up too watching the videos. Um, it's a sad, sad period in, in uh, uh, the wrestling world. And uh, you know, one of the tributes that I, I, I you know we're assuming it's a tribute. Um, and I don't think it's a it's a huge assumption, but uh, if you get a chance to find it, go out there. Last night after Money in the Bank was over, um, Dean Ambrose cut a promo that uh, some are dubbing Hard Times 2015. Uh, it was very similar in, in the, the feel and theme uh, that Hard Times had, but it was Dean Ambrose's own promo. Uh, on our Facebook page, we, we posted the... Uh, the narrative, uh, so you can read it. But if you get a chance, find the video, watch the video. Um, very, very fitting tribute uh, coming out of Dean Ambrose after he had uh, an incredible uh, ladder match, title matchup. Um, you know, as they were falling off the ladder, I honestly thought for a split second that maybe Ambrose would have been uh, coming away with the championship belt. He does not. Um, I thought it was really good storytelling in that matchup as, as this program continues with Ambrose and Rollins. Um, I thought last night there were some, some clunkers in the pay-per-view, but on a lot of levels, Dave, last night it was like, it was bizarro pay-per-view. I mean, I, I, I thought the, the winner of Money in the Bank, Sheamus, I'm really curious where they're going to go with it, but I thought it was cool because I didn't expect it at all. We actually got, and, and myself, I will put it out there, I thought uh, Miz cut a very good promo uh, last night. I was thoroughly entertained by this promo. Uh, we had a living room full of people. We all looked at each other. We were like, did Miz just cut a really good promo? Everyone enjoyed it. I dug the finish of the Divas match. I thought it was entertaining. And if, if, if all that stuff was not bizarre enough, Dave, one of the guys that probably across the board winning percentage on picks. I mean, you are spot on 99% of the time. You had a rough night last night. So it was just, it was one of those like just odd nights, but I really enjoyed the pay-per-view. You want to talk about hard times? I went 0 for 7 on my pay-per-view picks. 0 for 7. Okay. That's hard time. Okay. <laughs> but in all seriousness, um, it was a solid show. My my theory went right out the window after the first match with Reigns winning, and then you know so I went like 0 for three, and we're already in the second match. Um, it was an entertaining ladder match. I liked, it. I mean, I liked the Sheamus thing. I I, I liked the fact that 
you know, he's, uh, you know, his persona has got this money in the bank. I think it will help him even further. Um, if, if it wasn't Reigns, I, I, he would have been my second pick if I were going to go for a second pick. To be perfectly honest with you, I didn't think everybody else really had a chance. Uh, maybe Orton, but uh, slightly. But for the most part, um, solid show. I like the Divas match. They gave it time. Um, the Ryback match, big show. I mean, Miz promo was good, but that match, I was I was really hoping it was going to be a squash and Ryback was going to win because he was killing big show for the first few minutes. And I thought it was really going to be good for Ryback to get his intercontinental run off to a good start. Didn't happen. Miz had to screw that one up, make me like 0 for 4. Cena and Owens was a great match, better than the one they had a few weeks ago at Elimination Chamber. Um, even though I picked Owens, I wasn't really too bummed that I lost that pick because it was a phenomenal match. Um, trying to think. The tag team title match. All right. I, I've been liking the New Day, and I've been liking their, their gimmick with the tag team titles, and I really think that they, they didn't they, – they, they still had more to go with them as tag team champions, in my opinion. I think this move with giving the primetime players the belts was a political move, to be honest with you. They bring the two of them back together, and then they start ragging on a bunch of tag teams, and then they get involved in the elimination chamber, and now all of a sudden they got a title shot, and they win the belt. It just didn't seem like they really like built these guys up as serious contenders, in my opinion. I think, like I said, it's a, it's a PR move. Titus O'Neil just won some Celebrity Father of the Year award, which is great publicity for WWE as well, and Darren Young being, you know, uh, you know, recently coming out as, you know, openly homosexual, being a part of the Be A Star bullying campaign, I think it's a public, I, I, I think it's just, it's just good PR for them, and they want those two guys to be champions. That's, not, that's why I think that was done, because I really think they could have done, what, you know, even more with New Day. The main event was brutal. They beat the crap out of each other. What was great about that ladder match was that it wasn't as high spotty as the first ladder match at the beginning of the night with the other guy. It was more like they beat the crap out of each other with that ladder, and they really told a good story with it. And, you know, I like the fact that, you know, Rollins did it on his own. And the, and the post-match promo, which was off the air, you know, Ambrose said something along the lines of, I'm not going to make any excuses. It seems like this thing is, the finality of it is done, and both guys are going to move on. The rumor is that we're going to see Seth Rollins and Triple H SummerSlam. I don't know if that's going to be for the title or not, but... Brock Lesnar's supposed to be coming back tonight. There's a good chance him and Rollins will be a battleground. As far as Sheamus goes, I mean, I don't know where they're going to go with Sheamus. Maybe he'll be the new face to the authority. Maybe maybe he'll cash in on whoever's the champion. I don't know. But it makes for an interesting, um, interesting scenario. Here's where I'm scratching my head. is Bray Wyatt and Roman Reigns. I mean, they told a story heading into this pay-per-view of Reigns and Ambrose's friendship, and it was tailor-made for Reigns to win the money in the bank and turn on Ambrose and really start a good run as champion. And for whatever reason, they just want to keep him baby-faced. They feel like he's got a good connection with kids and young girls, and they, 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 he's got somewhat of a following. They're not, the fans aren't 100% behind him, but they're not totally 100% against him since WrestleMania either. And Wyatt, who's been floundering since WrestleMania... I just think both of these guys need a little more before the two of them hook up against each other. But I'm kind of interested to see where that goes, too. But overall, solid show. Not the best pay-per-view, but not the worst either. I'd give it a, a C plus, B minus. Yeah, I'd probably go there with you. I mean, the, the biggest problem I had with the pay-per-view, honestly, is, is the clunkers that, like, I mean, 100% across the – we said it while we were watching the pay-per-view – um, if they had Ryback squash Big Show, that would have been tremendous. And, and Big Show is Big Show. 
So, I mean, Big Show could come out on Monday. You know, not, He is who he is. He's got a long-standing career. Um, it's not like all of a sudden because he's squashed, you know, that he's going to lose something. He could cut a promo and say, oh, I wasn't ready. Uh, you, you know, that, you, that was a cheap shot. I mean, he, he could, you could do anything with Big Show after the fact. I, I When they started that matchup, I was like, this will be awesome if, if it's a Ryback squash. And, and you know what? The, the roof would have blown off that place. I mean, they've done a decent job at rebuilding Ryback, um, and he is popular. If he squashed Big Show, I think the place would have erupted, um, and it would have been perfect in, in the storytelling and perfect in um, the rebuilding of Ryback. Um, but as great as that, that Miz promo, and I can't believe I'm saying that, but as great as the Miz promo was before that match, the match was not good. I totally agree with you on the tag team championship match. Um, you know, was not on board with that at all. Would have liked to have seen uh, more of a strong. I mean, I'm not opposed to those two having the uh, the, the titles. I mean, the primetime players, they're an entertaining group. Darren Young's a good worker. Um, you know, I, I like what they're doing. I just would have liked to have seen more of a journey and more of a struggle um, to, to get there. I, I just kind of thought, I, I'm right there with you. I think it was uh, too soon. Um, so you had that, which was just, for, for me, just really didn't resonate. But on the flip side, it's like weird. You had stuff on the pay-per-view that you would grade, you know, F, and then stuff that you're giving like A++++, you know, and it was just kind of this weird kind of vibe. Um, I love, absolutely love what they did with Cena and Owens. Um, to me, I know we differed on our picks, but I, I thought it was the right move for Cena to win. And the way they did it, I thought, was tremendous. And Cena was the good guy at the end and went to shake hands and everything. And, and, and you know, you're, you're going to have that warm, fuzzy finish of two men that have gone through two wars against each other. And, and you know, it had me thinking, hey, maybe they're going to just, like, it's not going to be a series. Maybe they'll just be one and one and walk away from this as, as uh, two guys that brought the best out of each other and, and, uh, you know, Kevin Owens is not about having the warm, fuzzy finish. So, um, in the loss, I, Kevin Owens still looks great. Uh, you know, I don't think Owens lost anything. I thought it was good storytelling. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed that match. Um, yeah, it's, you know, there's certain things that I guess you got to wait and see how it unfolds because I like the fact that Wyatt is, is relevant now, because the guy that, that, that's that been floundering, uh, very much so. Um, so I kind of like that, but it's where does this story go moving forward? And that's that's just it. And one of the, I, I, I can't take credit for it, but one of the guys that was over last night, um, you know, he said, uh, you know, in reference to Seamus winning, I'll reserve judgment until I watch what happens the next couple weeks. And I get what he's saying, that, you know, I liked the Seamus finish because I totally did not see it coming if i had any criticism about that that money in the bank ladder match i thought i thought it was just too obvious because there was too many people in that match that i knew beyond a shadow of a doubt weren't going to win so it was like you know to me in my head it was like uh you know there's a 90 percent chance that reigns is going to win and i probably would have won sheamus second too with like a a 5% chance, Orton with like a 3% chance, and the rest of them in the match could divide up the last 2%. Um, and, I, and to me, that was part of the problem with the match. I thought it was just too obvious. So Sheamus winning, I thought, was cool. But where do they go with it? And there's a lot of directions they could go with it, and they may, they may very well crap the bed, or maybe they do some good things. I mean, maybe 
for some reason, uh, that briefcase is 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 put on the line, and, and Brock Lesnar uh, wrestles for the briefcase. Uh, you know, stranger things have happened. Uh, you know, but I kind of like. Here's the, oh, go ahead. Here, I'm sorry to interrupt. Here's the thing. No, go. That, okay, you, you make you make you make mention of it. You know, Brock doesn't have to wrestle for the briefcase. He still has a title shot, a rematch in his contract to get his title shot back. So it looks like him coming back, he's coming back for Rollins. Now, I know I fantasy booked before, but I'll, 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 I'll do it again because I think I kind of have a better direction of where this could go. Okay, I think Sheamus, they've been building him up as this like monster badass since he returned at WrestleMania, a new look. Uh, you know, sinister, darker, more vicious Sheamus, okay? And it's been probably the best run, in my opinion, since he first won the title when he first debuted, okay? In my opinion. With this Money in the Bank contract, let's just say they do Rollins and uh, Brock Lesnar, and Brock Lesnar wins the belt. The authority kicks Rollins out, because you still kind of got a little bit of tension with Rollins and the rest of the authority, even though he won last night. They still got to answer some questions about their standing with each other, okay? Even though he won on his own, there's still in the back of their mind some issues that need to get resolved. So let's say they throw him out of the authority. Embarrassment for losing for Brock Lesnar. Well, Triple H and the authority always got a plan B. Sheamus has always been known to be Triple H's boy. Sheamus cashes in on Brock Lesnar and wins. Not only that money in the bank is another, you know, credential you can add to his resume not only winning the title would be a credential but the guy that beat the guy to end the streak that would be huge for a guy like Sheamus because Sheamus has already got a few a, a few credentials under his belt that are credible Royal Rumble victories a three-time world champion adding something like this I think could put his badass heel persona over the top and make him larger than life than he currently is right now that, yeah, and that works too. I mean, it remains to be seen. Again, it's like one of those things like where do they go, what direction they go in, and uh, should make for a very interesting Raw. 307-838-9815, that is the number to call. It is time for our break. On the other side of the break, we're going to have the good Dr. Reese uh, talking a little Dusty Rhodes, uh, giving us uh, you know his take on Dusty and Dusty's legacy. Uh, so that will be after the break, and then, of course, uh, we got your phone calls right after that. But now it is time for the Day 5 50-50 News Report. Thank you very much, Ken. Before we get to the good doctor, I got a recipe for your wrestling news. It's the Day 5 50-50 News Update. Top story this week, a few weeks ago on the WWE Network, the Steve Austin Podcast was live with special guest Brock Lesnar's advocate, Paul Heyman. At the end of the interview, Heyman pitched the idea of Austin facing his client, Brock Lesnar, at WrestleMania 32 next year. Austin immediately went into promo mode, almost indicating the possibility of this match taking place. Fans all over the world erupted with speculation, running rampant about a dream match of this magnitude. One person who didn't take too kindly to this news allegedly, according to the Wrestling Observer, was WWE Chairman Vincent Kennedy McMahon. Apparently McMahon felt it was uncalled for for Austin and Heyman to go, to go into business for themselves, teasing a match of this kind and getting fans' hopes up when it's not even on the card for next year's WrestleMania. 
this issue is rumored to have prompted Austin to publicly shoot down the rumors of this match even taking place on the podcast following the WWE Network special. This also prompted WWE now to place some restrictions on future network podcasts involving Stone Cold Steve Austin. Speaking of Austin, he's involved in my second story this week. One thing that isn't restricted on Austin's podcast is conversation about male erectile dysfunction. In a recent edition of the Unleashed version of Austin's podcast, the question arose, and yes, the pun is completely intended, I might add, and Austin responded by saying, I take Viagra. I also take Cialis. But you never take the th- those things at the same time. You're going to take Viagra, you stick with Viagra. You're going to take Cialis, stick with the Cialis. You can't flip-flop back and forth because it's bad for you medically. Austin then added, Now you say, Steve, you can't fuck without no Viagra? I can't fuck with Viagra or Cialis, but I fuck better with Viagra than if I didn't take Viagra. So at 50 years of age, I'm into reality. And the reality is at 50, I've got more more years behind me than I do in front of me. So I want to enjoy these next few motherfucking years to the maximum enjoyment that I can enjoy. So therefore, I choose to take PEDs called Viagra or Cialis because it makes me fuck better. And when I fuck, I'm pretty goddamn happy. And that's the bottom line. Thank you, Steve. In our third report... With the Ring of Honor Destination America partnership underway, talk in the wrestling world is the uncertain future of TNA on Destination America. I can report to you today that the debut Ring of Honor episode on Destination America, along with TNA Impact moving to Wednesday night, did slightly lower numbers. 35% lower, I might add. This could be seen as disaster to some And with the sudden program change to Ring of Honor and TNA's move to Wednesday night, it was somewhat expected. The good news out of this is Ring of Honor produced better numbers than the program in the previous time slot. It's being called a niche product, Ring of Honor that is, and costing very little to Destination America. So advertising for the show is not a priority, but social media will be the main source of promotion for Ring of Honor from Destination America. As far as TNA goes, talent is still being led to believe they will be on the network, despite no direct confirmation from Destination America officials. The network did push that TNA was one of the three shows that led to record-setting numbers in May, according to a press release last week. According to the Wrestling Observer, WWE has toyed with the idea of holding the Slammy Awards as a standalone show on the WWE Network. The company would rent a smaller theater-type venue as opposed to a 10 to 15,000-seat arena. And with the subscription rate success coming from the free trial months of the WWE Network and three pay-per-view-type shows in six weeks, WWE is now planning to hold more network-exclusive events on a quarterly basis in 2016. And in a real feel-good story to end the Dave 5 News report this week, Former WWE NXT star and independent wrestler Chris Hero, who was known as Cassius Ono in NXT, accomplished a unique task last weekend as he wrestled for over three hours in an effort to raise money for ALS. Hero raised $3,444 for the cause, and he pledged to wrestle 30 minutes for every $500 donated in a match that was referred to as an Infinity Gauntlet match. 
regardless of if Hero won or lost, a new opponent would enter to keep the match going. Hero officially had 17 matches within the time limit. The event took place at a wrestling school in Canada, and according to Hero via the Wrestling Observer Live podcast, a video-on-demand version of this match will be made available to those interested with proceeds going to ALS. And kids, that's all the time I got for you here. This is 1640 PWPR, Pro Wrestling Podcast Radio. You can find us on Spreaker.com, TunedInRadio.com, TalkShoe.com, and iTunes. And you can subscribe for free. Type in 1640 PWPR to hear the Ken Reedy Show with the Day 550 News Update, along with so many other great wrestling podcasts. This has been another spectacular edition of the Day 550 News Report, only heard at the top of the 7 o'clock hour. Every single Monday night, right here on the Ken Reedy Show. Ken, while you take over the second half of this show, allow me to wine and dine myself with some non-alcoholic libations and pellet, if you will. Ah, the libations. All right. Well, without further ado, let's. Uh, we got the good doctor David Reese on. Is going to um, share a little bit. We're going to talk a little Dusty Roads. Bring him on now. Uh, doctor, how are you doing this evening? Okay, glad to be with you. Uh, thank you so much for spending a couple minutes uh, with us. Uh, you know, I just, you know, I, it's it's interesting. You know, we've had you on before. We've talked psychology. Uh, you do a lot of the Cauliflower Club. Uh, um, but, like, ultimately, we're all fans. Um, and I know you're a big wrestling fan. Uh, just tell us a little bit uh, your, your your thoughts on Dusty Rhodes, uh, what he meant to the business, uh, and his legacy. Well, you know, I, I don't. There's obviously not going to be another Dusty Rhodes. You know, I mean, personally, I go back to watching him in Georgia Championship, geez, 25, 30 years ago, and you know, I don't know anyone who did, didn't like Dusty. You know, he just connects with everybody, and you know, he knew how to connect while others were still just playing at it. Uh, and you know, I think the important thing was not only what he was saying, but it came across as sincere. And from everything I know, it was sincere. Uh, you know, on a technical basis, very interesting, because I, I heard a, an interview with, with Jake the other week uh, where he was saying to do a promo, you don't look at the person, you look through them. And if you even watch Hard Times, you'll see Dusty wasn't looking at the camera, he was looking through the camera. And when you look through the camera, you're looking right at the fan. And that's the impression people got. That's what they felt. And I think he connected with everybody. And I'm curious, have you, did you ever have the, the uh, chance to uh, meet Dusty? You know, I've never met with I was really looking forward to meeting him at Cauliflower this year, but unfortunately he couldn't make it. Um, the last minute he, you know, probably for health reasons, uh, wasn't able to make the trip. But I never had the honor of actually meeting with him. You know, I know a lot of people who knew him, uh, yeah, and he was active until last week, uh, but I never had the pleasure myself. So now, now you're, you've been, like, you know, you are an expert on uh, psychology. Um, you know, we, we've done some good stuff. We've been on and we've talked uh, wrestling psychology. And, uh, you know, one of the things that I always admired about Dusty, uh, compared to, like, uh, you know, even the wrestlers of today, that, you know, Dusty could... could tell so much uh, in, in, you know, the simplest of moves. You didn't need to have these crazy spots. Um, um, give us, like, 
your your feelings on on Dusty and and you know the psychology of, of the common man and uh, you know specifics like what what are some of the things that you know looking through the camera but other things that uh, Dusty brought to the table uh, to to make this character resonate as as well as it did. Right. Well, you know, obviously, you know, everybody talks about that. You know, he didn't have the physique that we all expect. But it was more than that. You know, he was diversity before diversity was diversity. You know, here's this guy who comes out. He's not the epitome of masculinity. You know, he racially, he comes across as a little bit of everything in his style. He really connected with everybody on a gut level to say, I'm with you. Uh, And I think it's came across as sincere but it was also something that was very different you know he didn't pretend to be someone he wasn't now did he take it over the top well of course he did that's what it's all about but at the same time that he was taking it over the top it was from the heart and it was really him what were some of your favorite dusty moments uh you know i go back i I remember you know there were uh, promos and matches. Uh, you know, I forget who he was feuding with, but he was teaming with Thunderbolt Patterson. And, uh, you know, I just remember that sticks in that the power of it, uh, the way they connected, which was very unusual for those days. Um, and just the fact that in the matches, you knew he was going to be there, he was going to give his all, and it was nothing flashy. You know, I mean, he wasn't the master technician, um, but he knew what he was doing, and it was meaningful. Every move, you know, like you said, every move was meaningful. Uh, You know, he knew where he was in the ring, uh, and when you would see him, you would just get the sense that this man's heart is where it's at. Uh, You know, I can't say I remember one match more than the other, um, but... You would look forward to, I'd look forward to seeing him because it was something different and it was something that was real. Hey, Doc, quick question. Uh, as, as somebody who, you know, is very versed in, uh, you know, the wrestling industry, was there one Dusty Rose rivalry that you wished you saw that you never got to see? Was there one that you were, like, really itching to see Dusty get his hands on a certain guy that just never happened? Ah, uh, boy, you know, uh, you know, you know, maybe this has happened and I didn't see it, but I, w- I would have liked to see him um, I, uh, against Rick Rude. You know, I think that would have been, you know, really a, a very different styles. I mean, it would have been similar to Flair in some ways, but, you know, Rude was his own man differently than Flair. Um you know, the, the other person that I would have liked to see him against, you know, and again, maybe it was, and, and you know, of course, they, they shared a tag team, was Adrian Adonis, you know, because um, he, he was also someone who wasn't cut from the mold, um, was over the top in a very different way, um, you know, and both of them obviously teamed up with Murdoch. But I think that would have been wild to see uh, Dusty and Adrian. 
Good stuff. You know, you've been out to the Cauliflower Alley uh, Club. Uh, you know, you, you've you've rubbed uh, elbows with uh, a lot of all-time greats. Uh, the the loss of of Dusty. Uh, can you put into words? I and mean, what does this mean as far as uh, the effect it has on the, on the wrestling community? I I think it has a huge effect because people really appreciated what he did you know both in the, in the ring and behind the scenes uh and you know i i forget who said it the, the, this week but you know it may not always been that you heard what you wanted from him but you knew what you were hearing from him was real and was trying to be helpful uh and was usually right uh and i i think he really represented the the mentor for you know, several generations of wrestlers, uh, and that that's going to be sorely missed. Uh, you don't hear bad stories about him in any way. You know, you don't hear people who thought they got, you know, short the short side of it. Everybody said, "I learned from him," and I think that's really going to be missed. It really is missed, and people liked him as a person. And and before we let you go, last question about Dusty. Um, as you're as you're saying this, I'm just thinking if as, as a as a new wrestler or or any even a, you know veteran, what's what's the one lesson uh, you think you can take out of uh, Dusty Rhodes and 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 everything he did? Uh, what what is the, the one lesson that uh, if you're going to be influenced, you need to take from Dusty Rhodes? Uh, that it's more important to wrestle with your heart and your head than it is with your body. Um, Dusty's heart was always there, uh, and he was thinking about what he was doing, and he meant it. Uh, and that's more important than any high-flying move uh, or you know being in the best shape. Those, those are useful, and they're part of the entertainment, but it's wrestling with your heart and your head. As I, I, that's such a great, succinct way of putting it. Thank you so much for spending a couple minutes with us. And uh, got to get you back on down the road, uh, talk about some happier stuff and uh, delve into uh, the psychology of it all. Uh, we love talking about that. But uh, tonight's about Dusty. So, again, thank you, and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. My pleasure. Take it easy. Bye-bye. And there you have it, uh, Dr. David Reese. Uh, Dave, you know, it's fun. And we've talked so many times on the show about, um, you know, the, uh, a high spot or a crazy spot versus telling a story and blah. And uh, you know, maybe maybe it's part like we're just wordier in it. I I think the good doctor put it so succinctly, um, you know, and, and a lesson to be learned from Dusty: wrestle with your heart and your head, and not your body. Um, you know, when you're wrestling with your heart and your head, uh, you're, you're you're telling the story. It's, it's a real succinct, uh, simple way to look at uh, what you're doing in the ring. And and to me, I think it's a you know for for new wrestlers getting into the business as well as people that have been around for you know years, uh, wrestle with your heart and head, not with your body. A, a great succinct mantra, and I think it does embody what uh, Dusty brought to the table. Great sound advice from the doctor, and you know he, 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 you know he says it best. When I look at Dusty Rhodes, you know he, he's re- he, the doctor's right on point when, when when we're talking about Dusty. When I look at Dusty, you know he didn't do a whole lot technically in there, but what he did in the ring 
it meant something. And that's what most guys in the wrestling business, and from things that I've learned, and things that I've watched, and things that I've read about guys and their interactions, talking behind the scenes about the wrestling business, that's what most people want the talent to do, is make what you do count. Make what you do matter as part of telling the story. Because then the audience will react to it better than just a bunch of high spots so many times done over. You know, so... Great sound advice from the doctor. It was good stuff. Got to get. I, I love talking to psychology with him. We got to get him on again uh, soon to talk about uh, some happier stuff. But let's go back. Let's go out to the phones because uh, that's people have been on hold for a while, and we got Anthony out in Connecticut. Anthony, how you doing tonight? Good guys, how you doing? Doing all right. What do you got Hello? for us? Hello. Sorry, I was just swallowing something. <laughs> I'm doing good. Um. Yeah, I heard you guys talking earlier about the uh, the tribute. Yeah, can I just say, like, I wasn't sure it was, like, I, I saw your number, and then whatever you were eating, it was like, it didn't sound like you. And I was like, wait, this is Anthony, isn't it? Like, wait, who is that? Just like your voice. <laughs> yeah, sounded so much Shaw, right? It was literally, I was about to take a bite, and then I'm like, what if he clicks me in? I'm like, oh, I'll probably wait and get somebody else in there. <laughs> then I heard the beep, and I'm like, oh, man, swallow quick. So I was half swallowing, half trying to talk. I, I apologize for that. <laughs> hey, hey, this this a PG show, all right? <laughs> oh, easy now, easy now. Anyway, um, I got a dog. <laughs> oh yeah, you got you got me way off kilter now. <laughs> but um, uh, you know, uh, uh, all right, here we go. I was thinking about the uh, the the, tri- the tribute we did. I actually uh, I listened to. Part one and ninety percent of part two, so I think by uh, tomorrow I'll listen to the rest of it. But it was just, uh, you know, everybody did a great job, especially you know Pat King Firehawk for putting it all together. I mean, it was just great. Even listening back to it, I, I I was like, wow, it came out even better than you know when we recorded it, and I got to hear the stuff that uh, was recorded before we went on. So thanks to Pat for that, and uh, it was awesome doing it with you guys as always. And uh, I got some busty stuff in this weekend. I didn't get as much as I wanted to, so it was cool to kind of get my own little tribute to them in there, kind of watch some stuff I've never seen before based on, you know, things that guys talked about. I went back, uh, watched a couple matches that I'd never seen. And uh, once again, 9.99, well worth it in times like this, that's for sure. But um, I thought uh, on Money in the Bank, I thought the, the tribute, like everybody else, it choked me up. They did a great job with it, as I expected. You know, even like to the point when they, you know, they played his, they played his uh, American Dream theme song. You just see Vince clapping, his knees going, and you know, it was just cool. You could really see that, you know, you know, even the superstars that were on the stage were, you know, choked up and crying. I mean, it's it's easy to get a feel for, uh, you know, how great of a person he was. You know, forget as a performer, you could just tell that. People were just genuinely, like I'm getting goosebumps right now, just genuinely, the people that knew him were genuinely upset and hurt by by the, by the loss of him. So, I mean, it, it's a tough thing to go through, for, I'm sure, for people that know him and even for us as fans. But, um, you know, hopefully, it, you know, as, as time goes on, it gets a little easier and uh, the tributes keep coming. And, you know, like I said the other night, just celebrate it. You know, I'm sure that's what, uh, in the end, you know, Dusty would want. Yeah, I mean, well said. You know, it's, it's you know, uh, Dr. Reese, you know, said uh, on the show, you know, and it's, it, 
you know, it's a wrestling business. I mean, even being around the wrestling business, you know, there's nobody, nobody that 100% nobody has a bad thing to say about. I mean, everyone, like, there's, there's, there's a detractor somewhere. Somewhere there's some story lurking about every single performer in the wrestling business that it's something negative. And the fact that, like he, he said, you know, I mean, he's, he's rubbing elbows at the cauliflower alley, you know, and he's uh, never heard a bad thing about Dusty. You know, that, that says a lot. And uh, I, I thought the WWE in, the, in that opening segment, it was a real classy tribute. You're right. When I saw Vince's legs start going, I was like, God, Vince is like going to start strutting down to the ring and dancing. I mean, he was, <laughs> but it, was, it was like it was so fitting where it was like one of those. Like there was there was a sadness, but it was you know celebrate the legacy, and I and I thought it was really cool that the WWE chose to play his theme song because, like you said, Anthony, I I think Dusty would have wanted you know people to celebrate. I don't think Dusty would want people to be sad. And as much as we are sad, obviously, I mean, how could you not be? But it's it it, it became kind of a celebrate Dusty, and I thought it was neat that they played his theme song. Yeah, you could almost you could almost like in your head hear his voice like, "Don't be sad for me, Daddy." You know, <laughs> and it just, yeah, like, right. just came to my mind. You know, and it just I thought it was it was really well done. You know, like I said, the, the things choked you up, but then you know hit everybody with the theme music and dance and clap a little bit, get them a round of applause. I, I mean, I got goosebumps watching. It. I thought it was just absolutely great. I thought it was better than most of the pay per view myself. I, now, I'll just get into Money in the Bank real quick. I, I, I actually did not like it at all, uh, other than Cena and Owens. Cena and Owens was, I mean, how could you not like that? It was just absolutely phenomenal. Um, you know, I, I'm not so sure the match was I, – I liked the match at the previous pay-per-view a little bit better, but I liked the end, you know, when Cena got the pin, I, and, you know, you know we, we all watch enough wrestling, and in my head I'm like – yeah, I could see one of those handshakes going awry here where, you know, Cena does the uh, the classy thing. And, you know, we've all seen anybody who watches NXT what Owens tends to do at the end of his matches. So I thought it was I thought it was pretty cool because it kept it kept Owens just being this jerk off heel. Like I said, there's gonna be people out there that cheer him, but he's still he's playing up the heel persona like and I you know, I, obviously the thing is going to go further. We'll see where it goes, but it's tough not to dig everything they're doing. And I, I was so glad you brought up the Ryback thing because I thought Ryback was just going to hit him with the shell shock and there was going to be like a complete squash, like, you know, 30-second match. And I was like, oh, that would be awesome. And then to me after that, the rest the rest of the match was, was just terrible. Um, I didn't like the matchup to begin with. So I thought that aspect would have been cool. Um, again, we didn't get it. Uh, I, it, it. I mean, I'm struggling to find things I liked about it. Uh, the Triple H, the scene with Triple H kind of motivating Rollins, I thought was pretty cool. Everybody else was getting on him. And, like, who can't get pumped up with Triple H has got, like, that growl screaming in your face? I mean, if that doesn't pump you up, I actually thought once I saw that scene, I thought Rollins would win. I was like, oh, if he doesn't, then he's totally done with the authority if he doesn't win after that from Triple H. Um, the the end was kind of cool, and I kind of called it when I seen him go up the ladder because I actually saw one. I actually saw a finish similar to that a couple of years ago at an indie show. So I was like, 
I, I was turning to Jazz. I was like, I bet you they both grab the belt and one of them falls or something. I didn't think they'd both fall together. I thought one would fall. But I actually saw that in an indie show a couple of years ago where both guys fell. It was actually Brian Anthony and Matt Hardy. They actually fell, went through a table, and uh, Brian Anthony came out with the belt. So I thought, you know, those kind of finishes were cool. I thought the match was good. The only thing I didn't like was this, like, this superhuman Dean Ambrose that's all of us, that's all of us coming. I understand the lunatic fringe, and he, he could take a beat in, and he keeps coming. But after getting, like, you know, powerbombed into two walls, powerbombed onto the ladder, covered with a ladder and all these chairs, I, I personally thought it would have just been cooler if, if Rollins was like, yeah, I beat the holy hell out of you, and I went up the ladder and just threw it in your face. Again, the finish was what, cool, but I would have You didn't like it. Super Ambrose? I, I no, I mean, <laughs> I don't even want to use that word because it's like disrespectful, you know. But it's like I didn't, I didn't, I didn't really dig it that much. Like when he was coming back before that was fine, but it was just like, how much could one human being, you know, take? And I hear this criticism about ROH from the about fans that kind of see it sporadically, and they're like, all oh, they do is kick out no matter what happens, they get power bombed into this, and they kick out, and it's like. They're doing the same thing at WWE right now. I mean, you know, people talk about Super Cena. How about Super Owens? I mean, yeah, Owens kicked out of everything until until they got pinned. I mean, it was basically a reverse of the last match where they're both kicking out of everything, and then finally one gets hit, and then the other one gets pinned. I mean, it was just a reverse finish, you know, in a well, sense. Like, but they're, I mean, well, I don't like, have a problem. I don't have a problem with that stuff if that it's much. It's so what? If the NWO can take a semi-truck and run over the rock inside of an ambulance and the rock comes back next week with a Band-Aid on his chest, then <laughs> Dean, Ambrose, <laughs> Dean Ambrose can come back from a power bomb, you know, through two barricades and steel chairs and a ladder. Like, you know, it, it it's, it's a comic book. It's a real-life comic book. And, yes, some of the stuff may not be believable, but, you know, at the same time, like, we've seen a lot worse. Hello? Big Show when he was the giant got thrown off the roof after he had a monster truck match with Hulk Hogan and he came back without a scratch and beat him for the belt. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I mean, I, guess like, I mean, I, I could hear what you're saying, but yeah, that, that, that didn't really bother me too much either. I mean, I was I was okay with it. I mean, I, I guess I could I could see it. Um, but yeah, it's, that's, I don't know, to me, it's, it's wrestling and that's why, you know, I never got into the Super Cena thing and I'm not going to, you know, get in, you know, it's wrestling. I think Dave, Dave you, you said it. It's a, it's a live action comic book. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I mean, you know, I'll, I'll be honest with you. Part of it was the the beginning. I would say the first three matches, four matches, whatever it was, like really turned me off. I thought the tag match was terrible, and I'm not even. I, I wasn't thrown off by the matches based on who won. I just thought they weren't very good. Um, I hated the Bray Wyatt thing with Reigns. Uh, I have no problem with Reigns not winning it. I, I mean, again, sometimes you just gotta wait to see how things play out. But I can't stand the Bray Wyatt thing. It, to me, it makes zero sense for these two to go out of right now. You're, you've done nothing really to build to build Bray up. You're trying to build Reigns. So either Reigns is gonna set Bray back even more, or you're gonna set Reigns back to get Bray Wyatt some heat out of it. I don't see it. I mean, again, you got to see where stuff goes. I, 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 you got 
like the Sheamus thing, it was out of left field. That was cool about it. Again, I really didn't enjoy the match that much. I didn't think it was a great Money in the Bank match. Uh, I was kind of, when I saw it open the show, I kind of figured you're going to get a catch. And even when Sheamus won, I thought if Ambrose won, that it was going to be a plan B type of thing. Like, I was totally expecting a plan B. And, again, once I saw saw the the Triple H motivation, I said, "Ah, I think Rollins is going to take this now. And it was kind of of cool that he did even after that because he kind of, to me, reestablished himself. I don't mind the whole weaseling your way at everything as a heel, but it was almost like too much where they were almost like taking away the fact that he's really talented and not even allowing them to show his talents most of the time because he was weaseling his way at everything. And at least last night, and even at the last pay-per-view, he's starting to display his talents again, which I think is good. You know what, you know what reminded me of last night when, when you, know, you brought up the, the motivational speech that Triple H gave Rollins' character? But you know what? The, the beat, you know, towards the end of the match, Rollins was really putting a beating on Ambrose. The two power bombs through the barricade walls, the power bombs on the ladder and the, and the chairs. It reminded me of, you know, when Triple H finally gained his mean streak as a young champion, when he went to war with Cactus Jack those two months in a row. Not to the effect of, like, the blood and, you know, the, the things like that, but it, there, was, there was little subtleties in, in Rollins' character that really you, you started to see a mean streak and almost like, in some way, his coming out party as the champion. If you, if you think about it, because since he won the belt, it's been typical, the same Seth Rollins that he was before, but this time with the championship. You know, now it's like he seems to be more legit after what he went through with Ambrose last night. Yeah, I, get, I agree 100%. And I was kind of like finally seeing that, you know, the Rollins that pretty much you know, along with Lesnar and Cena, you know, stole the show at the Royal Rumble. You, you're kind of getting a feel that he's going back to that. And I, I think I think it's a good thing for his character. I mean, it, it's cool to weasel your way out of stuff as a heel from time to time, but at the end of the day, this guy's, like, super talented. I mean, I'd rather see his talents on display personally, you know, as, yeah. as a wrestler. And even he cut, he cut some good promos, too. I, he really does. I mean, he's very well-rounded. And even if he ends up leaving the authority and going out on his own as a heel or he turns face, I think he's going to be fine. Uh, like, all those, all the shield guys are going to be fine oh, on yeah. their own or they get back together. I mean, they're all, they're all very talented. Even even Reigns is getting a little better. You know, two weeks ago on Raw, that, that promo in the beginning where he kind of set the stage for the ladder match for uh, Dean, I thought that was by far his best promo he's cut, personally. Yeah, I mean, I think both, like all three guys, are definitely on their way, and I think that uh, you know you bring up a good point with Reigns. I just think when it comes to Reigns and his promo work, I think they just need to let Reigns be Reigns. Um, don't make him a corny face. Let him be. Uh, let him be who he is, you know, and, and that works for yeah. him. But uh, just flashing up on the next thing it says tonight on Raw, uh, the future of Seth Rollins. So uh, let's see what happens tonight as far as uh, Rollins' future and what. Uh, what exactly that means, but that just flashed across uh, the network tonight on Raw, the future of Seth Rollins. So, uh, interesting stuff. Anthony, as always, great call. Thank you so much, and uh, talk to you next week. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And uh, just real quick, I'll throw it in there for all the new ROH fans. Huge ROH pay-per-view. It's actually on Friday night. 
and it's uh, coming from New York, and the card is just stacked. So if you're getting in the ROH, I know it's a, it costs money, but if uh, you're getting into it and you want to see what ROH is really about, I suggest ordering that. Very cool. Thanks a lot, Ant. Talk to you later. All right, guys. Talk to you later. I think, you know, I think they had some interesting points. And that's what I love about wrestling, you know. There's certain things you look at, like, and you can love it. You know, same exact thing, and, and some people love it and some people hate it. I mean, I, I kind of liked the Wyatt thing, and uh, and now I'm curious to see what justification we're going to have tonight. But I get the criticism that it's out of nowhere, um, so I can see both sides of it. Uh, so it, it's interesting stuff, like, uh, you know, certain things people look at uh, differently. Other things, you know, people see... Uh, you know, the way it should. And I think universally right now, it's uh, it's interesting that, uh, you know, I think match of the night was probably Cena Owens. Uh, Cena, you know, really stepping up his game, uh, you know, stealing the show on Raw's and pay-per-views. And uh, it's like, you know, it's it, people don't want to admit how great he is, but uh, it's, impre- it's almost like last night, you know, when, when the crowd is chanting, it's like, you know, it's almost like, this is awesome. Let me clarify, not for Cena, just for Owens. You know, it's like, they're chanting this is awesome, but it's like, you can almost feel that it's paining them to chant this is awesome for a John Cena match. But uh, I I am so impressed with what Cena's been bringing to the table as of late, even before Owens. Uh, Owens and Cena's styles mix really well. I... what happened after the match, I don't think this program is, is over yet, so uh, we'll be treated probably to at least uh, one other uh, matchup between these two guys, uh, if not more. Um, but it, it's it, it's impressive, especially at this late point in uh, Cena's career, that he's stealing the show on Raws and pay-per-views. You know, before I get into Cena and Owens, you know, you made up a great point in the call with Anthony about WWE creative letting Reigns be Reigns, and I want to touch upon a quote that I had read from the an interview with The Rock about the conversation that he had with Roman Reigns after Reigns won the Royal Rumble. Rock was quoted as saying, "Once they start to, once the audience starts to feel like you don't really sound that way, you really don't feel that way, then that's when you have to cancel Christmas." And it was a great quote that he made because. That's what started the ball rolling on the hatred for Roman Reigns because they had him do stuff that was totally out of character for him when it came to his promos. Now, I got that out of the way. I had to tell you that because I just felt that, you know, what you made mention of Reigns, that's what I've been saying for a you long know, and, time and, about him. And I'll tell you something, just to interject, and then you, you go and, and Cena Owens. Um, one, one of the big things that, to me, has helped – rebuild Reigns, especially in the eyes of the fans, is that special they did on the network, where you got to see the real Reigns. And it's an excellent quote from The Rock, but, like, let Reigns be Reigns. He'll be fine. He's a talented guy. He's young. He's learning the ropes. But, you know, the genuineness of that documentary put him over with the fans. Let him be Reigns. Uh, Excellent story from The Rock. All right, Oh, and Cena. Take it away. Fantastic match. Absolutely. Better than the first match. Um, I was really hoping that they would go um, a a different route and kind of 
really build Owens up by having him beat Cena again, therefore putting some doubt in Cena's character, um, kind of going a different direction, a different twist, but I, I, I was still pleased with the outcome of the match. Here's what was great about the ending. You know, you mentioned it about Owens uh, taking Cena out at the end and kind of standing tall. That's what should have happened when Cena led that team against the Nexus at that SummerSlam a few years back. You know, everyone complained that, you know, the Nexus needed to get over. That was the thing that needed to get the Nexus over was for them to beat the, the established guys to really help build them and make them a legitimate, you know, group of guys on WWE television. And Cena kind of cleared house between, like, three of them, kicked out of a DDT on exposed concrete, and then beat Wade Barrett, and nothing happened after the match. He walked away like nothing ever happened. Like, to me... What happened last night, that's what should have happened to Wade Barrett back in 2010 at SummerSlam. And I'm glad that they did that with Kevin Owens and they didn't, like, have, you know, Cena walk away, I wouldn't say with a clean victory, but walk away smelling like a rose in this case. You know what I mean? Like, really make Owens a legitimate threat to the John Cena character. And even in defeat, Owens is still a threat to John Cena's character. So I'm looking forward to seeing... um, I'm sure there's going to be another match. I've heard a rumor, SummerSlam, but you still have a pay-per-view before that, so maybe they'll do another pay-per-view match where there's a, a, a no finish or a disqualification or you know a double counter or something to lead to some kind of gimmick match for the final blow-off to SummerSlam. But I, I, I really enjoyed it. I had to rewatch it again this afternoon. It was a fantastic match. Um, both guys really you know, let it all hang out there. Definitely a great matchup. Three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five. That is the number two call. Let's go back out of the phones. We got Mike on the line. Mike, how you doing tonight? Good guys, how you doing? Doing all right. We're talking on? Dusty. We're talking Money in the Bank. Whatever you want, bring it. Yeah, it's it's a it, it it's a, a terrible thing to happen to have Dusty Rhodes pass away, and uh, I'm glad um, that King Firehawk was able to put together. A tribute, and I hope everybody out there listens to everything. I know I heard Anthony say he loved, you know, his, his part one and everything. Well, of course he does, because Anthony loves himself, and I love Anthony. So, of course, Anthony's going to say it, but you got to listen to everybody's thoughts and stuff. And I've listened to, I listen to everything on there, and um, I tell you, what, you know, with Dusty Rhodes, you know, I was a little boy. Obviously, and I love this business. And uh, Dusty Rhodes touched my life, and you know we always say there's always one somebody, and Dusty Rhodes was one of a kind, you know. And uh, I heard Dave, you were talking about what he created. I mean, you know, let's not also forget he created Clash of the Champions. He created Battle Bowl, the Lethal Lottery, you know, um, and he had a lot to do with coming into the Evil Empire. If you will, he came in, you know, a man now, he's on the other end now with McMahon. He was competing against him, and now they put him in polka dots. And what did he do? He did the dusty thing, and he did, and he worked through it, and he had a great career. But the one thing I love about Dusty is I love this commentating, you know, back in WCW, like the later years. And where he said things like, you know, take it to the paint window, and those boys are clubbering, and all the other stuff that he said and did. And that's, to me, that's what you got from Dusty. 
And Saturday night at Pro Magic Wrestling, Jimmy Noonan, who was the former, you know, security, head of security, he said, because we did a tolling of the bells for Dusty, we did the whole schmeal, because that's how Pro Magic Wrestling is, very professional. And he said, you know, we'd be in whatever town, and he'd say, Jimmy Noonan, today's going to be a good, great day. And then another town, he'd say, Jimmy Noonan, today's going to be a great day. And Jimmy Noonan said, that's what kind of guy Dusty Rhodes um, was and, and is. So, you know, it just, and there's, and there's more. I mean, I love the fact, I, I love the one thing that I love, you know, everybody talks about hard time promo. Love the hard time stuff. The one thing I loved the most was when he, told, when he was standing in, in with, with Dustin. And he said, you know, and he said about Dustin picking partner, you know, who, you know, you know, you went with Colonel with, with the Colonel Rob Parkers and all that stuff. But then when I liked when he got to Arn Anderson, he said, Arn Anderson, when you walk behind, you're not a leader. Then the view never changes, baby. The view never changes, baby. The view never changes, baby. And you got the impression, hey, you know, we got war games coming up. Now Dusty Rhodes is going to go in there and 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 he and he did what he what he always uh, did best and, and the uh, view never changed. That's right. And the view and the view never and changed, view never baby. Changed. My honey, maybe a little. What do you say? A little, did, uh, too, a little bigger. Yes. But did Pro Magic Wrestling change their name or are they Pro Wrestling Magic? I'm just curious. What happened? In public, if you will. What happened? Pro Magic Wrestling. Are they a new wrestling organization? I never heard of them. I've heard of pro wrestling magic. Yeah, them too, Dave. Them too. You know that's oh, the, pro- the problem curious. is when you name the problem is when you name the wrestling company after an icon. You know they could have picked any name out there, and you had to go with magic. That's what messes everybody up because people were coming up to me and magic and saying, "Are you are the owner of this company?" And magic's like, "No." That's what happens. You know. That uh, that's uh, you know that's another reason why I always get the no you're right but I always get the name wrong because and I told them this you guys could have picked any name and that's the name I've never it's so funny it, they have so many different companies out there that's the I'm name sure they guys, took your advice what happened I'm sure they took your advice very well no I'm not, I'm, not, I'm just I'm just saying I'm not you know I'm just I'm just saying you know, know. it just. You know, you know what I mean, man. You made mistakes. Yeah. I mean, hey, you went, you went, and you went with the best. With you went with Roman Reigns, and I was like, oh my God, you and you and my and Mr. Trivia were on the same page, and you know how that ended up. No, he was on. No, 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 no. Let me get. Oh yeah, first. baby, that's what happened. So anyway, anyway, so we were talking about Dusty Rhodes, and then then I was talking about pro wrestling magic. Thanks, Dave, for the um, for the point that I made a mistake. Let's segue into the pay-per-view last night. I mean, it was interesting, and I picked Reigns as well. I did think last night when they started the, the pay-per-view off with the money in the bank, my gut reaction uh, when the, the pay-per-view started was Dave's right, that, that we're going to get a, a Reigns win, a cash-in at the end. I just saw when that was yeah, the opening I, matchup. I, I, I didn't I, I see it. I, I didn't see it. Now, I, I knew that wasn't going to happen because... They, you know, Reigns had his time already. Next, well, who did you think was going to win? Did you pick Sheamus? Well, well I, I, no, no, I didn't. I was wrong, too. And that's another thing, too. I think I got one right, Dave. I think me and you were almost <laughs> in the same boat. But, no, I picked yeah. Orton. 
I picked Orton because I I heard a rumor. I heard a rumor because my original pick was Sheamus, but I had to change it. Um, so because I heard a rumor that he's going to be out for some time doing a movie, which makes perfect sense for why. But I original pick was Sheamus, and then I changed it to Randy Orton because I figured maybe they were going to give it to Orton because I couldn't see a lot of people thought Neville, but I think he's you know not we're not ready yet. But um, so that's basically. But no, I I was wrong too. And Mikey and Mikey, I see I do it same thing. Mr. Trivia last night we had that pre-game show which we all kicked butt. Ken, you said bring it. They brought it. I was on the show. Oh, they brought it, man. We were having fun last night. We were talking about Dusty. We were talking about Dave. We were talking about Ken. We were talking about oh, yeah, everybody. Sure. So you guys were talking we were talk- about me. You have to listen to that, Dave. I know. I know. I don't know if you listen to our other broadcasts or you listen to your own stuff, but you got to listen to us, no, I, too, I, you know? I don't listen to anything, to be honest with you. I, I, Mike Ferrara speaks. Let's do it. I listen to you guys, and I am your biggest supporter. I'm your biggest fan. I love you guys. Well, you guys, there would be no Mike Ferrara, really. Be truthful. So, yeah. oh, and that's, that's high praise. I, but I'm curious, <laughs> what, was, what was your favorite match last night? Oh, my favorite match. Actually, you know, my favorite match, oh, so many great matches on the card, so many stuff that I have to say, I have to go with my favorite match was Kevin Owens versus John Cena. And I have to say, I don't know. i got to look in the record, but I don't know if I could be half wrong or half right. But I picked Cena, but I picked it by disqualification. I you picked didn't Cena. think that yes. what happened here, but by disqualification. So I would be. I think I would be half, um, half right, I think. I don't know. But anyway, I did pick Cena, but I picked him by disqualification because I didn't think he was going to win strong. But he did. And, um, and yeah, so... I have to say that's my favorite, but the second one I loved the, the women. I thought the women, and I thought that finish was great. The last time I saw a finish like that was in the Survivor Series with um with the Undertaker when he's in he when he uh, what he called did his move um to um what the Kurt hell Angle, Kurt Angle right, and then his brother, and then he looks down and it was his brother, and I'm like holy cow! But I loved that I loved that last night. Um, Excellent match, excellent. Uh, obviously, again, dusty finish, you know. But um, that's another thing too, you know. And I'm gonna go back to pro wrestling match. Yeah, pro wrestling magic. You know, we're we're over there and we're over there, and you can feel the dusty roads, everything in the air. Those wrestlers, everybody at that organization, very talented, and uh, enough. That, you know, I mean, Steve Off, he's got to come on your show to tell you. Because I don't want to give it away while well, well, it happened, and who was the special guest a partner of his? But I mean, I don't know if you guys seen the results, you know. But uh, it was just like I said, I was there, and uh, what I seen was just unbelievable. And um, they're gonna give you, you gotta check it with them because they're gonna give you some more great stuff. Um, you know, Steve Off and them are just going on a different level than all these other independent wrestling organizations. They have top talent from a lot of these organizations. I mean, you know, Matt McIntosh is a great guy that's coming up, too. Matt McIntosh is someone to watch. You know, uh, Damian Gibbs is a guy you guys should check out. you got to check out Gibbs. Um, you know, and Gianna uh, Perazu, they have so much talent. And, of course, you know, Steve Off, man. And you, you, gotta, you never know what's going to happen with him. Steve Off is one of the talented 
wrestlers that I got to know over the years, and I, it's a pleasure knowing him. And, of course, the legend and icon magic. Yeah, definitely. You know, I mean, uh, you know, you're hearing some great things out of the out of the magic camp. Uh, yeah, I can't wait to, just, to catch one of those just, shows. Yeah, and, uh, you yeah, got to check Macintosh that show wrestle, out. Uh, Macintosh uh, wrestled quite a number of times. He's he's incredible. Macintosh is, is an incredible talent. So, got to check out Magic Mike. As always, thanks a lot for the phone call and uh, good stuff. It. We'll talk to you next week. Yeah, you got it. Next week, and uh, let's get ready for tonight. And don't forget tonight after Monday Night Raw, we all promised a Dusty tribute. On the network. Hell yeah. Take Let's it easy, do brother. that. Let's get funky like a monkey, if you will. Later. And there you have it, the wonderful world of Michael Ferrara. And, uh, you know, interesting stuff. But, again, we're looking across the board right now at the pay-per-view last night, uh, Owen Cena. Um, I, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty incredible. Um, you know, uh, Mike brought up the Divas match. I thought it was a pretty entertaining matchup. And, uh, like I said earlier, uh, you know, I had a living, living room packed full of people. We have a decent-sized crew now that, that comes over to watch the pay-per-view, which is really a lot of fun because, uh, I mean, number one, it's just more fun. It gives you like a, you know, a, a hint of that live feeling of being there. And at the same time doing this show, uh, you know, I get to watch other people and, and see what resonates and what doesn't. And, uh Everybody loved the finish of the Divas. People were cracking up. Uh, you know, when she was pulling the tissues out of her her bra and and, and showing that you know that she was uh, Brie and and not Nikki. I I just thought it was absolutely hilarious. Um, I thought it was really well done. And uh, Paige gets screwed by uh, you know the twins. I I I just thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought it was cool. And again, bizarro pay per view. Uh, here I am expounding the virtues on an entertaining Divas match. I mean, the match was good. Uh, they gave the girls time. They've been doing better at giving the girls time. Uh, you know, since WrestleMania, they flip-flopped the Bellas, their baby faces, their heels, but they, they seem to work better when they are bad girls, so to speak. And Paige being a, you know, true women's technician of a wrestler, um, they're, they're two polar opposites, so... It works out really well with each other in the storyline. Um, I, I like that they're kind of they're, they're kind of playing off that whole hashtag give divas a chance, and it and it just keeps snowballing into um, you know. I think at some point that they will get the NXT girls involved on the main roster, and there will kind of it wouldn't surprise me if they do some form of a you know NXT girls versus the main roster girls and. You know, showing each other who the real queens of WWE are in terms of their in-ring ability. Um, you know, the Bellas seem to be more sports entertainment, kind of like what you know John Cena is to the men. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm actually quite interested in what they've been doing um, lately with the girls on, on on WWE TV. It's been uh, refreshing from over the years, as opposed to the 30-second matches that you and I used to predict on the Raw chat on the Facebook thread years ago. So uh, they're definitely making steps to making the women into more athletes, and they're trying to they're trying to uh, you know take after what UFC's done as far as marketing women like Ronda Rousey and the other female MMA fighters. They want them to be more athletes than just eye candy. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, you know, it's funny you bring that up. I mean, we we used to on the Raw thread, I would post. uh, 
you know, everyone bet over under on this Divas match. And, and usually I would post like a minute 30, something around that time. And, and often enough, it was the under. If you bet the under, like you're at like a minute 30. And, and, and to, to uh, you know, to their credit, to the, the Bellas credit, I mean, yeah, how much storytelling can you do if you're only being given that? Uh, on a on a broadcast, um, but yeah, you know I'm enjoying what's going on. I actually thought, and, and I'm curious your thoughts on this, Dave. Um, at one point, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but Paige had said something to the effect of, you know, when will some other diva step up and and help or or, or uh, you know do something to to rid uh, the world of the Bellas or something like that. And I I was half expecting an NXT. Uh, woman to show up last night. So maybe they go in the direction of, um, you know, NXT women versus uh, the WWE women, or perhaps uh, does Paige get an ally from NXT to help uh, maybe monitor the outside of the ring uh, for the next time she goes after that championship? Well, as far as the girls on the main roster go, there aren't too many girls on the main roster that you could technically say are... You know, real women's wrestlers. Natalia, Emma, and that's where I can kind of draw the line. You know, the rest of them seem to have been models or had very little athletic experience, not a whole lot of wrestling experience. Um, so those two you could probably narrow down as being more likely to side with Paige in this feud with the Bellas because they are real wrestlers, but at the end of the day, it's WWE creative decision. But one person that comes to mind from NXT, if she were to get an NXT ally, is Charlotte. Charlotte has been rumored to be coming up to the main roster since right before WrestleMania. They talked about her possibly debuting the night after Monday Night Raw. Um, so she doesn't have the championship, and they seem to be really sold on Sasha Banks as the NXT Women's Champion You know, down in their developmental. So maybe it's time for Charlotte to come up to the, to the main roster and uh, side with Paige against the Bellas, who knows? But uh, it also wouldn't surprise me either with the with the uh, the incarnation of Tough Enough uh, taking place and debuting next week. Lita is one of the, the the trainers for Tough Enough, and they kind of posed that question at WrestleMania on the kickoff show if she would come back and you know get involved in a match with the Bellas. So maybe Lita might do like a one-off kind of thing, maybe to set up a match with you know her and the Bellas down the line tagging with Paige. I mean, I don't know. We'll see what happens. But there's a there's a few different routes they could go to make this storyline interesting. And, and it bodes well. And, and, you know, you wonder what's going on. Is this Triple H's influence exactly where the company is going? But, again, I, I mean, you know, right now, at this moment in time, wait for it, wait for it. Uh, okay, this is probably the longest we've ever talked about a single female match in in the history of the show. <laughs> Okay, you know, and and I'm not joking. I mean, it got. It, I mean, I hate to say it, but it got to a point where, um, you know, they were just eye candy, and it it was literally a waste of time to even bring up a divas match. I mean, and no disrespect intended. It was just, you know, why are we bothering? I mean, like I said, we we're doing over unders at a minute thirty, and they're coming in under. What's the point in talking about any program or anything going on with the divas? Um, you know, when when you had, uh, you know, you had some decent divas come. come uh, you know, AJ Lee had a, had a decent run, but there there hasn't been like a lot to really 
sink your teeth into. And, and, you know, between the Divas, and granted, it wasn't crazy about last night, but you look at the tag team division, the secondary titles, um, the, philosophically, and maybe it took a little bit more time than fans would have liked, you know, years ago, uh, you know, 10, 9, 8 years ago, uh, you know, the WWE had gotten to a point where it was very, very top-heavy. And it was, you know, Cena crammed down your throat. And, then eh, you know, we'll just throw away, like, the, the rest of the stuff across the card. Um, now it just seems like they're really fleshing out uh, everything on the card. And, and to me, as far as it's still, you know, look, the three hours is still tough, but... Um, I, I think this is uh, this is a good time for the WWE flushing out uh, all these uh, different uh, storylines. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Putting more focus on the secondary titles, like you said, like the Intercontinental Championship, United States Championship Tag Team titles, they would rarely get defended eight, nine years ago. Now they're of some importance. you got to walk before you can run. And I think that, you know, it could be better, but they're they're making progress. So um, without further ado, you know, thank you all for tuning in tonight. Uh, it was a great show. We took a little money bank. Thanks to our callers. Thank you to, uh, you know, uh, everybody who called in. Thank you to the good doctor. Um, and we thought it would be fitting tonight to end uh, our show with a 10-bell salute for Dusty Rhodes. Uh, R.I.P. Dusty Rhodes. We'll see you next week. Thank you, everybody. Good night. <laughs>